0: Nickers. Bernard pulls the trigger. And this is a brand.
1: Nickers is a brand. Allen Houston. Nickers is Once the neck, always the neck. the Hey everyone, good morning! Whether you're driving to work or you're walking to school, even, or you're studying for an exam or you know whatever it is you're doing, we're excited to bring you another edition of the Nickish Morning Cup of Coffee episode of the Nickish Show. This is episode number, ooh, I think it's thirty or thirty-one. I don't know. It's okay. It's early in the morning right now. Uh, you got you got Mo and Nafi here, basically here to talk about everything that's going on in the NBA on this Tuesday morning, September fifteenth. What's going on, man? How you feeling right now? Tired. We got that aforementioned
0: crust in my eyes still, but uh, hey, we doing this for the fans, all all twelve of y'all. You know what I mean? Uh, but nah, I mean doing good. Cup of coffee, like you said, got me a fresh cup as well. So let's get it. What's, uh, what's on the
1: docket for today? Well, the Nuggets and Clippers are capping off their series. Today's a Game 7, so we're going to talk a little bit about how we think that matchup is going to work out. I know last game, which we recorded live uh, on Sportscaster, if you haven't checked out Sportscaster, check out our show, subscribe there. Uh, we do our live streams on different games and various topics, NBA-related and Knicks-related. At, that, at the start of that stream, I think you and I both thought that the Clippers were going to take it away in game six. And it, looked like, and it looked that way until the third and fourth quarter hit and the Nuggets just went in beast mode. And the stats came out on how great of a playoff performer Nikola Jokic really is. And when <laughs> it comes down to it, man has never been eliminated in six games or less. Always made a game seven. And he's done it again with with the Nuggets and his boys with Jamal Murray, his boys Jamal Murray, Gary Harris and all of them. Um and Mike Malone needs to get more credit as a head coach. He's doing a fucking killer job with the Nuggets. He's a, he's a New Yorker too, props representing, yeah. you know what I mean? I know you and I both thought that the Clippers were taking it away in six games. It's game 7 tonight. Who do you think got it? Who do you think is going to go head to head with the Lakers for the Western Conference Finals? um much respect to what the Nuggets have done obviously
0: like um especially Jokic like he just called it out his numbers in elimination games are ridiculous but I'm gonna have to go with the Clippers just because I got a feeling Kawhi like even if like everything around him is falling apart if PG's just like sucking on his thumb in the corner and not willing to fucking contribute Paul George, Mm -hmm. not Paul George Mm -hmm. uh, Kawhi's just gonna step up to the plate and do what he does which is like just be ruthless um I did want to say real quick that like I I think I'm willing to entertain the Jokic over Embiid um, argument now, especially with what's going on recently. Mm-hmm. Um, like obviously haters of Jokic or critics will actually say you know his defense is not up to par, doesn't match Embiid. But I mean Jokic takes it up to a, a, another level in the playoffs without fail. We haven't seen that from Embiid yet. Embiid looks gassed and tired too often. And yeah, I mean I'm just really really. Really fucking shocked that this dude Jokic just like he's even like even putting him, putting himself in that conversation as the best big. You know what I mean? Just looking at the talent we have, but yeah, I mean, before we get your game, several prediction. What do you think of Jokic and what he's been doing?
1: Like, would you put him ahead of Embiid right now? I think easily over Embiid right now, especially after the way Embiid played this past series. Um, in, the F- in, the, in the East too. In the East, yeah. Not even the West. Right, and he clearly doesn't seem to be a guy who can lead the team. Um, Granted, he didn't have Ben Simmons, but that was his opportunity to take over, and they just stunk it up. You know, the the Sixers just got destroyed. And when it comes down to it, Jokic really slimmed down. I know for Embiid, it was an issue, his diet. You know, it still is, you know what I mean. And, still, and it still is, but Jokic this past season really took it to that next to, took it to that next level of just taking care of his body better, and it's something that's necessary in the NBA even for a guy like Jokic. And hopefully Embiid, you th- you think that after losing Game Seven against the Raptors, he's going to turn it around. But as good of a player as he is, this was his opportunity to take it to the next level and lead the Sixers at least a couple a couple more wins in that series, even if they didn't win. And he, he didn't come out, you know? So, and that sure. leaves the Sixers in, in some form of tor- turmoil right now. But meanwhile, you have the Nuggets really escalating their stock, uh, especially with Jokic. He, depending on tonight, depending on how tonight goes, if he gets his stat line of of how he performs in the playoffs, which are 27, 14, 5, and 2, 3, with 43, 27, 8 splits. If he gets something like that in tonight's game against the Clippers, whether or not they win, if he takes it to them face to face and makes it a tough game, he he might be able to put himself in the conversation for a top five player.
0: Yeah, I mean he's already in that top ten convo and kind of mm-hmm. bring back that MB comparison. It's like when I was saying about like the haters who probably bring up Jokic's defense. I mean, to be honest, what's more of a downfall? Like, Jokic's supposed defensive lapses, which he turns it up in defense, you know what I mean, in the playoffs. Like, the Denver, pretty sure they had a pretty improved defense the last two years. Like, he took that critique seriously, and Jokic, like, he may not be perfect. He doesn't have the athletic gifts of Embiid, but he's doing a better job on defense than Embiid is doing passing out of double teams. You know what I mean? Like, Jokic, we already know, is one of the best generational passers for the big man position ever. And B could barely, like, bring himself to, like, make the proper pass out of a double or the right swing pass off of one pass. You know what I mean? Like, so it's just things like that that just lead me to kind of agree with you. Jokic, I'm I'm a ride or die with him. Like, if, I, if we're going into a Game 7 war, I feel Denver is feeling pretty good about itself. So, like, you saw his quote, like, some straight-up psychopathic shit. He was just like, oh, we're not scared. Yeah. We're not feeling pressure. We're just mm-hmm. having fun. I was like, oh, shit, this man's a killer. <laughs> this man... <laughs> It's <laughs> not about to rip somebody's skin off And use it as a mask Like what the hell like, Game 7 my man I get nervous <laughs> on specific work days Before a meeting Like this guy's just like Nah just He's out there hooping He's uh, having a good time You know what I mean But yeah I mean to, uh, We say all that We get Jokic's props But we, we both think Clippers are gonna could take it though Right I think that's just respect. And well I didn't state it
1: I, I didn't state it directly yet But yeah pretty much Um, oh, When you, it comes gotcha. down to it It's hard It's hard to bet against the expert, the experience of Kawhi Leonard, and Doc Rivers, and oh, yeah, yeah. the unit they form defensively. You know they, you're gonna hope that they go all in. And offense, it, when it becomes an offense versus defensive matchup, I think defense is a little bit more reliable. That's more of an energy thing. And if if there's any coach out there who can make sure that his team is full of energy going in, is Doc Rivers, and Kawhi Leonard. This is his chance to really, you know, take over. And we've seen him do that in the past. So. You can't not expect him to to go all out. Um, but much credit yeah. to the Nuggets on what they did this this season and this series against the Clippers. The Clippers, you know, if they don't put it together this game and they get eliminated, mm. it might be a conversation for later. But it, it kind of low key reminds you of the Boston Celtics with Kyrie Irving on the team. It just it just has a has a vibe to it, a strange vibe that not I don't think we'll ever 100%. see a team like that. I don't think we'll ever see a team like that again, just because, like, it's so fucking
0: blatantly obvious that, like, everybody in Boston hated Kyrie, because, like, all that came out this season is still coming out, and how they keep emphasizing how unified they are and shit, so that's why I'm always, like, hesitant, or I'm hesitant to even make that comparison, because it seems like Kyrie went in there, and he was like, if you could have, like, a nuke on your team culture and spirit, that's what Kyrie's personality is, apparently. Because, like, they're treating him like he was AIDS. Like, like the team died last year, and then this year, everybody <laughs> loves each other. We we made it through the the, the plague. I'm just like, bro, what? You, you hear them talk, like the Boston players. Like, Brad Stevens, too, he's like, oh, this is this group believes in each other more. They're unified. I was like, damn, bro. like Cloud's been lifted. That's what I mean. Like, take a dump on Kyrie's whole chest, why don't you? Shit. Like... But, um, yeah, I mean, I don't. I think the Clippers, I think it's just like. I mean, I'm reading an article on The Ringer right now, so I got to give credit to Jonathan Turks here. But the biggest downfall it seems for Doc Rivers, not just chemistry wise, or not even just chemistry, really. It's just like he's really relying on his sixth man of the year, like Trez, to match up against Jokic. And Jokic is just, is just feasting, bro. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. I mean, that was one of the. Going back to last summer, wasn't one of the, like, kind of. Um, uh, knocks on the Clippers was they don't have the right bigs to match up against the Big West. I think this might be this might be like a prophecy coming coming true. You know what I mean? What do you make of that?
1: Yeah, I mean, again, when you're talking about Jokic, he's very he's a very unorthodox player who. Who has a much improved three point shot, by the way? It just, for some reason, it just keeps going in. It looks so um, ugly, too. And it looks so ugly, but it goes in, and he got he got the one legger shot now that he brought oh, into man. his arsenal. Um, took that shit right from Dirk, but much, much uglier. Was very <laughs> Doughboy Dirk. Right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, what, what was the noise uh, the Doughboy made when you poked it in the belly? Whee! Imagine
1: that's Jokic <laughs> anytime he does that Dirk like impression. Mm-hmm. Whee! <laughs> <laughs> but, but I mean, yeah. when it comes down to him, I mean, Harrell won sixth Man of the Year for a reason. He he is capable of locking it up with with the best right now, and they got they got a couple of bigs over there that might make it hard for Jokic to to score. They still got Marcus Morris over there. Zubac, Zubac is still pretty good. Yeah. Um, I think we might be wise
0: to go with Zubac more than Harrell in this Game Seven, just because I feel like he's got that bigger body. You know what I mean? But but yeah. is
1: he, does he have the? agility to keep up with Jokic which is which is shocking to say that you need agility to keep up with Jokic but truly you do because the man man can be anywhere on the court right now you never know he may have the agility but like going
0: off this ringer article here their net rating is a minus 11.3 in 108 minutes with Harold on the floor compared to a plus 12.2 in 180 minutes when he's not on the floor how this man win
1: six-man of the year? What the hell?
0: Right? I think it's just this series, bro. I think Harold is just like Jokic's little bitch. like, And I like Harold, his game. You know what I mean? Like, to me, I was telling you offline last week, yeah. or whatever, whenever we recorded. Like, he's like exactly what people gasped up Kenneth Fareed to be. But, like, he's actually good. But just to see him get punked like this is crazy. But, you know, we, this is the cup of coffee, so I feel like we got to... We had to quickly move on to some oh, big Knicks yes. stuff that came out this morning. You know what I mean, which
1: felt like a jolt of caffeine, honestly. Reading it, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Why don't you Why don't you make the announcement that was made?
0: Uh, hold up. Give me, let me Find the tweet. Fucking Twitter has to go ahead and reload for some reason. Yes, there you go. So, this is from the Daily Knicks, um, courtesy of Jonathan Macri's newsletter this morning. So, if you guys haven't subscribed to that, definitely check that out. Definitely go ahead and hit that subscribe button because it's good stuff. Even if, like, every day on Twitter, it t- turns out, like, all of Nick's Twitter is just mad at Macri for whatever kind of idea he has in his article. That's, like, a daily thing now. It's mad <laughs> funny. It's like, you know that SpongeBob clip where it's like, how many times do we have to teach you this lesson, old man? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Low-key, that's how it feels. Anytime I see Schwinn and, like, boot him just cooking Macri. But, yeah. So, the the news is... <clears throat> According to multiple sources familiar with the Knicks thinking, New York is readying initial offers to potentially bring Chris Ball to the Mecca with Julius Randle and Kevin Knox as the two names involved in the internal discussions per J.
1: Macri NBA. Thoughts? Takeaways? I mean, um, I do want to point out that we, we, we love Macri, and every uh, he's working as hard as anybody oh, yeah, right yeah. now in Knicksburg. Yeah. Um, just in case he decides to give this a listen, we, we love you. No, mate. it's just funny because like he, he'll agree to it because like, I see him literally every
0: day on Twitter. It's just like he's like battling people because they like pinpoint something in his newsletter that they don't agree with, and I'm just like, damn, <laughs> that's
1: rough. <laughs> that's rough. Man, right. man is everywhere. He's he's got he has he's got like three podcast shows doing Nick's Film School and then writing newsletters, and he's still reeling back and re- replies to everything. But uh, lots of love to to John. Um, for sure, for sure, all, all all in good fun.
0: But yeah takeaways on this I'm gonna say bombshell but it's pretty big that's a
1: when it comes to Chris Paul a lot of people don't like the idea of bringing him on the team as mostly because of the age and the contract size despite having a resurgence I don't even want to call it resurgence because I think that's unfair to say to Chris Paul after having a, a great stand, like, great year for, for Chris Paul last season at 36 years old at the OKC Thunder making it to seven games in in series against the Rockets. The concern is if he's able to keep it up uh, for more seasons which is a valid concern because once you hit that age you start players tend to you know take a back seat and yeah. on a, a monster sized contract that would be there for two seasons when <sighs> 2021 has a free agent class that you know rivals as one of the best free agent class ever classes ever um, you start to have to Think about what you would lose to get Chris Paul, and if it's just Julius Randle and Kevin Knox, and you know, let's say a future second rounder or something like that, maybe I'd, gi- I'd, I'd give him those Charlotte seconds. You know what I mean? How we got from the Willie trade, but if we if we give up both, like how much are we really giving up for Chris Paul? I mean, we're I mean, we're giving it up. Chris we're Paul, giving yeah. it up. I understand it's Chris Paul, but are we talking about Chris Paul the player? Or are we talking about Chris Paul the player developer right now? If we're talking about Chris both. Paul. Though, I mean. Yeah, but we that's where all the coaches came in that we signed this past summer. All these development gurus, all these hard nosed coaches with with boatloads of experience of good shit, you know? If we, yeah. we sign all these guys a contract that doesn't affect our hard salary cap to sign strong players, how badly do we need Chris Paul right now? As I don't think a team, we need him, quote unquote, but it seems that like we have be connected to him for so long. Right, like if we don't if we don't need him Right, I don't think we that badly need him. Is it worth giving up the cap flexibility that we did not have for like twenty years? You know, I think it's better to at least maintain the cap flexibility, and, or until a better, a stronger player who has a higher ceiling comes out that we can possibly make a trade for. We work so hard. Do we really want to give up that flexibility um, for a thirty-seven-year-old Chris Paul? Maybe maybe he retires in two years. We should be the first team to call him in to be an assistant coach. That I 100% agree with. He he would be an excellent coach. But so, wait, is the only kind of drawback for you just the contract? Is it's the contract. It's the contract. Yeah, yeah but it, all right,
0: so my pushback on that is that we get Brock Aller, noted capologist, Leon Rose, World Wide West, noted connectors with numerous, various plethora of connections, like – I wouldn't wouldn't think they'd pursue a trade for Chris Paul if they they really did see his contract as, like, as big of an obstacle as we both, as fans, would think it is. You know what I mean? It's like, I was initially on your boat as well. Like, that contract's ugly. It was the same reason why Daryl Morey last summer ended up just trading him for Russell Westbrook. Because he's like, at least Westbrook is younger, even if he does have another bad contract. But with us, I think it's a year fast forward, right? So it's like one year less on the contract. And then after next season, it will be just an expiring contract left for a reti- for an all time point guard. You know what I mean? Like, I mean we we I see mean, it all the time where like deals come through that are untradeable, quote unquote, but they almost always get traded. I'm thinking right. back to the Richard Lewis and Gilbert Arenas contracts of like last decade, which everybody said for years was like albatross kind of deals, and then they ended up getting moved. So. I I, th- I
1: just think that we'll end up getting a better deal just for or just for our own salary Cup. I get what you're saying with having Walt Perrin there, but um Walt Perrin no, I mentioned no, sorry. Uh, Brock Aller. Yeah. Uh, Brock Aller my bad. Uh I I get it, <coughs> but we also have those development gurus on our team already, but if you if we had higher yeah. ceiling players, right? Black, that we well, uh, c- can we
0: st- stick on that development thing though. Like I don't think this is like, that, that's where I'm, I'm going to. Yeah, but, but my point is, like, the development gurus, what does that have to do with Chris Paul, though? You could have both. Can you not?
1: Like Why do, why do we want Chris Paul on the team? To to win more games or to develop our youth or both? It, it's all we above. Need... Not, not everything has to be mutually
0: exclusive. Like, it's very clear from this pursuit, this rumor pursuit of Chris Paul, that they're not trying to just outright stink they want to have some veteran presence that even goes back to bagley's like reporting months ago you know what i mean so i think we're really trying to like win this season and i, I if don't you want uh, to get the point guard that's a good way to win you know
1: yeah but i think we were making this consideration last season that's why a lot of people struck struck out on the thunder being as good as they were that was a shocker and it you can't the same sentiment goes this season when we wonder how good Chris Paul can be with his injury history, his age, and his contract. It comes with the it comes with a massive risk. We can't assume that he's going to play like he did last season because that the way he played last season isn't one that most people expected. And it's, it's you can't you can't say in, that. I mean, it's still in line with what he's been producing his whole career, though. That's right, the thing. but An he adult. gets.
0: Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. But he
1: get, but he gets older. You know what I mean? Like every yeah, year. Yeah, but then
0: I'm looking at like Hall of Fame point guard Steve Nash, kid, and Stockton. Like, yeah, 34, 35, he gets tricky. But it's well into the 36, 37 is when you see the steep drop off. You know what I mean? Like, to like fun fact, kid was 34 when he got traded to Dallas in 08, and they won a title it, three it, years later. How old is Chris Paul? He's 34 right now. He's not turning I, I, 35 until the season starts. I really thought he was 36. Not even close, bro. He's he's thirty four, and I'm looking at uh just these uh, these Hall of Fame point guards. Like, yeah, like definitely like the injuries he comes into play. His frame, him being smaller, obviously comes into play. This like, the history of small point guards being like having longevity.
1: is tough, but I mean, the history we, of Hall of Fame point guards is different. If you know? if we had players with higher ceilings, I would be more in line. I think I'd be more in line with bring Chris Paul in, but. We have we have mm-hmm. R.J. and Mitch. Not to not to bring down their potential, but guard wise, we're very thin. We're very you, very uh, thin.
0: Wouldn't Chris Paul, Hall of Fame passer, IQ raise their ceilings? Help them improve? No, like if no the, doubt. If, the, if, the, if no, the idea is to like give them a good opportunity to flex and develop, having a point guard that could set the table for them better than anybody, I feel like it would be good. You know what I mean?
1: No, no doubt. But how high are the ceilings of the players that we're referring to? I mean, Frank Ntilikina is. I don't think he's destined to be a. A strong point guard or a are, shooting are, guard. I think he's Are we talking uh, about destined. Frank or are we talking about R.J. and Mitch? Though. Well, I, I meant the wing position generally. Oh, I got, right? you, got you, Yeah. And then, and then with with R.J. Barrett and and Mitch, it's it's just like. I I don't know, I mean he he would be he would be a big help, but it's it's, is it worth the cost of our cap for the next two seasons when 2021 is a very important season when it comes to draft and free agency i think i'm just saying uh, i'm just saying it it could be a good deal but i think we might come up come out better by going after mike Conley instead a guy whose contract ends 2021 at that point will be free again just next season for any potential free agents that we that the Knicks might be interested in. I'm not saying we're going to sign anybody. Good.
0: Conley's going to be a cheaper option, but it's just like he was not even touching Chris Paul's level this season. You know what I mean? And then let me phrase it this way. Think of how big of an impediment... like Think of how big of an obstacle Randall was last year to the development of Mitch and RJ just because he wasn't a good fit. You can't have a big man that doesn't have a, a nice jumper playing with your two prospects that don't have jumpers. You know what I mean? It's just bad spacing all around. I feel like Chris Paul would have the exact opposite effect instead of like being a detriment he'd be the most prosperous benefit to RJ and Mitch's development and like I kind of want to stay on the contract point as well like I don't think it'd be hamstringing our cap space for two seasons it'll be more so probably a season that he's here and then next season I mean who knows like I think we need to kind of round back to who Leon and Wes are you know they wouldn't be comfortable making this move and sacrificing our flexibility if they didn't think that, like, they could follow through on adding additional pieces or, let's say, getting us a free agent name while also keeping Chris Paul. You know what I mean? Right, so but we also
1: know. don't really know that, do we? Because that's—they haven't well, really made a move for one player, way player another. Yeah.
0: That's my point. We don't know one way or another yet. Like, the, the side that's anti-Chris Paul—like, I'm not saying you, but just, like, one of the biggest— drawbacks of the Chris Paul trade. It was just like how people are determined to say that it's going to hamstring us cap flexibility wise. I'm saying we don't know either way. You know, if we bring in all these high price, incredible front office that we juice up and like add all these st- like staff members from across great organizations, shouldn't we trust them to know that like what cap flexibility is? It's not like they're sitting in a boardroom, got Chris Paul's poster on, on, on the whiteboard saying we need to get him. And then you, you see Brock Aller in the corner like, but guys, the cap. You know what I mean? So I don't think it's like that. I think it's like literally a conference room of just guys like voicing their opinions and I'm pretty sure from all the reporting, Leon is trusting Brock's kind of uh cap just gymnastics and his own like mental fortitude in terms of like finding loopholes to do whatever the fuck it takes to, you know, use the cap to your benefit. I mean, I don't know. I just, I'm just, i just saying, I'm not saying either way. I, I don't believe that they have somebody lined up. I'm just saying yeah. we don't know I either way. We can't say it's going to f- hamstring us and destroy our flexibility, but we also can't say that it won't.
1: I just don't think that we need him, you know what I mean? I think he's not the only way towards having a strong player development. We could go after him next season, if anything, when, when he has one year left in the contract and see if he's still a viable option, but we don't need him because we can get player development in various ways. It's not, there's more than well, one way to... Well, that's like, the
0: thing. We're not bringing Chris Paul just for player development. That's what I'm trying to, like, bring through here. It's not a need as opposed to what. Like, yeah, we'll have player development, but it's not, Chris Paul is not just player development. Chris Paul is also Chris fucking Paul. You know what I mean? Like, he's going to make us a better team, period, not just development-wise, you know? I think that's the thing that gets lost here.
1: Yeah, but, I mean, yeah. It, it also, like... I don't. I don't want the team to be a losing team either. But also, Mm -hmm. I I don't want them to tank. But (laughs) this year's draft is crazy. I mean, next year's draft is crazy. You don't want to. You don't want to lose out on, you know, Cade Cunningham, potential potential future MVPs because we want to win ten more games with Chris Paul on the team when he's not going to be there for you know the next. He's not going to be there in five years. Yeah, but we
0: can't say we're not worried about tanking to the top and then focus on 2021. Those are two uh, opposing ideas. That's or the, that's focus the thing, on yeah. 21 draft. So that's what I'm saying. It's just like the lottery odds are going to fuck us anyway because of how they got changed. So we might as well compete for 75% of the season. And if it looks like we're still lotto-bound, that's when, like, an organization would make the moves internally to pivot towards maximizing lotto odds. You know what I mean? I think we as fans need to kind of embrace the fact that, like, these tanking days are pretty much over especially is with leon chris, rose coming in
1: is chris paul a 44 million dollar player for us to make make that investment for two seasons well i think it's just the a player season. not not necessarily just the development just the, the player well, himself I, I
0: think it's a season and then you got to consider that it's a player option too and you got to consider um that fourth year is a player option but also consider that cp3 established connections to leon rose West, like, let me tell you, let me throw out a hypothetical. What if next free agency comes, Leon tells like CP3, hey, opt out. We'll give you the same, like, we'll give you more money, but across multiple years, if you opt out and give us his cap space, so we could pursue free agents. Why wouldn't that be a possibility, given the fact that Leon, going off New York Post, his most beloved client is not Melo. It wasn't LeBron. It was CP3. New York Post even said yesterday cp3 or leon was pushing just last summer hard as fuck to get cp3 to new york you know what i mean and that's why that that this cp3 kind of uh smoke has never evaporated since leon took over and i'm just thinking that's a possibility i not i haven't heard anybody really consider but what if that's what it is first like leon's just like yo opt out help us out here let us get I'm not saying it's going to happen, but let us get Giannis, quote-unquote, or free agent X, whatever the fuck, and then you could come back for multiple years. Because we've seen that, too. Like, Miami did the same shit in 2010 with Udonis Haslam. He opted out. um, The big three took less money, and then he got multiple years. You know what I mean? Like, we've seen that. And I think that's when the connection's come into play. I just don't think—I just don't want to be married to the idea that Chris Paul, like, his contract is just going to be an anchor. You know what I mean? Because I feel like— that would do a disservice to the good words we did say about Leon West, Brock Aller and et cetera. You know what I mean? I'll get off my soapbox now.
1: Nah, that was a very no, that was a very <laughs> interesting point. Just uh convincing Chris Paul to opt out but extend his money for multiple years. I think that's actually a very interesting point. Hmm. You
0: know what I mean? Like I I mean, I could be I'm pretty sure he has a player option. He so, does. Yeah. I think and it's for blah, blah 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 yeah 44 million right so if leon's just like we'll give you 45 or 50 mil for three years you know what i mean and chris paul yeah you could just say fuck it and just get the 44 mil and like try it out odds when he's 37 but i don't know i'm just kind of we can't you know our big what was our biggest selling point about like our 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 love of the Leon and West hire is like we always said like you know in any successful business it's about connections and doing people right and building a network you know maybe this is like a, a way for these connections like to see that in action you know like Chris Paul is going to trust Leon enough and World Wide West enough to you know opt out take the more money and then ride with us who knows but that's just the hypothetical if we do happen I'm just going back to Macri's newsletter he's saying um if it if it if it turns into a bidding war he's guessing they put chances of a chris ball trade to new york uh, at 50, at less than 50% you know
1: yeah so who knows but um yeah i think i think we got to start wrapping it up uh as we move in later towards a day where you and i both need to start working Oh, uh, right, shit. job. Uh, got lost in time. basketball. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, real, real quick, um, the Knicks started their training camp yesterday, and there are a couple of pictures with tips with R.J. Barrett and Kenny Payne with Dennis Smith Jr., which I loved seeing. And on another note, I happened to see Ben Stinner's interview with Coach Drew Hanlon, who's been working with R.J. Barrett on his shooting. They've been working on posture, elbow, uh, or the pocket, and the follow-through. And some notable names that Drew Hanlon's worked with are uh, Bradley Beal, Joel Embiid, and Jason Tatum. So something to look out for. Someone is working with R.J. Barrett on his shot. We know he was definitely not efficient this past season, but you hope that this isn't a God forbid Dennis Smith Jr. kind of situation. But I, I would oh, trust I, I would trust Drew a lot more <laughs> uh, to 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 work on R.J.'s shot than um, shoot. What's his name who worked with, with Dennis?
0: Keith, dumbass.
1: Keith, yeah. Keith, uh, what? his name is Keith Smart, but we, Keith we, Smart. We, thank we, you.
0: We affectionately, or not so affectionately, refer to him as Keith Tamas, But yeah, mm-hmm. What are trying. Um, make.
1: yeah. So that ra- that about wraps up our Nickish cup of coffee episode. We hope you guys enjoyed it, and uh, you know, check out tonight's game seven between the Nuggets and the Clippers. And make sure to check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Nickish Show. Subscribe on YouTube at Nickish Show, and check out our live streams on Sportscaster at Nickish sure. Show. Uh, make sure to follow our affiliates, partners, nothing but Nick's, Die Hard, Nick's Podcast. Um, and, you know, they got some great content all the time, always Nick's related, and, uh, you know, they're they're at the top of their game. Sure. We hope you guys we hope you guys enjoy the rest of your day and look out for our next edition of the Nickish Cup of Coffee. That should be expected Friday. And, uh, of course, our weekly podcast uh, where we just break it out for a couple of hours on anything that's going on right now, uh, even politically and uh and Yeah, nothing's out of
0: bounds on the Sunday pod.
1: We'll mm-hmm. Call that
0: your Sunday edition. Those of us that are old enough to remember newspapers, that thick joint, we'll call that <laughs> that Sunday edition for our podcast. But yeah, follow Nothing But Nicks. Stay safe out there. And uh, hope you enjoyed the spicy cup of coffee this morning with a little crisp ball back and forth. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. It's the content people are here for early in the morning. My, cocky, my coffee, my coffee kicked kicked in at the right time, bro. As soon as we that debate took off, I was like, "Oh, let's go." Caffeine in me, I got all the points. Yeah, <laughs> you on your second
1: cup, I still gotta go get my first. Which, which, which is ironic because this is a Nickish cup of coffee, but
0: that's what I mean. Are you telling yeah. us you lied to our, our, our listeners? Did we, put, uh, we posted I mean, a cup of coffee on Instagram. Was was, was that hot water? I, mean, <laughs> I I rolled right out
1: of bed and started this podcast. That's how dedicated <laughs> we are, bro.
0: Mama mentality. Mm-hmm. Okay, we get hop out of bed right to the gym, right to the lab as they like to call it. <laughs> but yeah, stay safe out there. um Go on vote in November. How about that?
1: Yeah, <laughs> register, bro.
0: Oh yeah, got my waiting on my mail-in ballot, bro. Nice. Don't know about you.
1: Yeah, it's already been set in motion.
0: Nice, nice.
1: We uh we have to be, I guess, Team Blue for this one.
0: Yeah, I saw a sticker that was just like, this is bullshit, but fuck it, Biden.
1: Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah, fair.
0: Uh, my thoughts as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, peace out to everybody out there. Hope y'all enjoyed.
1: Yeah, take care, guys.